Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Biggest development of the weekend. Good luck to everybody else in the AFC for, I don't know, the next 10 years. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80 on your smart speaker. Joe from a very snowy Bristol, Connecticut. I am in a very snowy New Jersey. Uh, did you get outside with the kids? First of all, kids, I assume, have a snow day today. Is that accurate? Yeah, they found that out last night. Connecticut rather soft with the announcement of snow days the night before, so it just turns yeah. into a free-for-all. I yeah, never but- had that growing up. I didn't get a text message saying I was off 16 hours in advance. Never had that growing up. I actually had to wait for a horn in town at 7 a.m. to let us know that, in fact, there was a snow day. Can what is this, that? like 1840 Austria? I know, I know. A and horn? I grew up in the upper middle class. <laughs> where, did you go, where did you grow up? And yeah, more specifically, what year? This was in the 80s. I grew up in New Jersey. Which, which 80s? <laughs> the 1980s. This is like 1985, 1986. All right, seven, all right, 11th all right. Grade. Stop. Just hold on, hold on. No, I'm, I'm seventh, eighth, hold I'm on. sixth, seventh grade. You're, you're t- I, I, this is usually just a little back and forth, and then we yes. get into the show. Yes. You grew up, and on a snow day where yep. you grew up, yep. there was a horn that was sounded in the middle of town to alert the school children that there would be no school. The, absolutely. Absolutely. It was at 7 a.m. That if sounds like a not cow, not a horn. Well, that's what it was. A ca- I mean, it was a cow? Well, no, it was a horn, but it was that was my worst interpretation of the horn. I think you. I don't even think you need to interpret. Do an interpretation of a horn. When you say horn, one hundred percent of the people listening have an idea of the point you're trying to convey. Joe, I don't know if you know this, but some of sports radio is performative. <clears throat> well, so that's I'm up for debate in this subject. I can't. A horn was sounded <laughs> to alert you that you had no school. Let me ask you. this. I would have done everything in my power to get my hands on that horn. By the way. <laughs> That, that feels very problematic. Madison, New Jersey, there was a horn that that uh, that they would sound off. I mean, listen, at the time, it was a heck of a lot more effective than calling everybody in town to tell you it was a snow day. Didn't you have the thing where you would just turn Efficient. on TV and then there'd be the um, the local channel would have all the school closures scrolling across the bottom of the screen? There would be a radio station that had a that you could get across the street from the station, and that's about it. That would say what the what the school closings were. If you did it off of Channel Eleven in New York, you were waiting about an hour and a half for your school to scroll across the bottom. Yeah, that's a fair point right there. Yeah, that's so, that, that's not going to work for a place like New York. All of a sudden, the horn doesn't look so bad, does it? Horn suddenly sounds wildly efficient. Yes, yes. <laughs> but at any rate, I'm glad they have a snow day. And for you, I mean, you're, you're probably okay being at work, would that be the case? I wasn't even at home last night. I was in a hotel by campus so that they could get me in today. No snow days for the weary. Wife sending me pictures of chocolate chip pancakes, everyone playing in the snow. Mm. I'm here breaking my back, listening to your story about the 1780s. It's just hell of a life I've chosen for myself.
It is Carlin versus Joe. You're welcome. This is what you're tied to. How long is that contract? You got it, buddy boy. This is what we're doing to start things out today. But we actually are getting into some football today because listen to Patrick Mahomes yesterday with the in his MVP news conference with this question on being underdogs already for the start of next year. Last night on the podium, you said Kansas City should never be an underdog. Chiefs should never be an underdog. Right now, already, day after the Super Bowl, they are not the favorites for next year. <laughs> what are you telling people to bet on for the Chiefs for next year? It just gives you a little added motivation going into the offseason. So, uh, um, like I said, I, I never I never feel like we're underdogs. I believe we can win any game that we play in. Um, but we have to continue to prove that every single year. Sounded like there was a little scoff in the middle of it, too. Like, Puh. What are you kidding? Already, we're underdogs. But, Joe, first of all, explain why that is the fact and how, frankly, absurd it is. Niners are your favorites at 5-1. to one. Chiefs, second favorite at 7-1. to one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will see that and they'll say, oh, my God, the Chiefs just beat the Niners. Shanahan can't win the big game. How could the Niners be favored over the Chiefs? There are several variables that go into this, not just based on what we just witnessed or who you are. Think about the path for Kansas City to the Super Bowl. Think about the path for San Francisco to the Super Bowl. Kansas City's path, much more daunting. That is factored in. It's much harder to win the AFC than it is the NFC. Look at the Niners. They they, they didn't look good at all against Green Bay or the Lions. Both those teams allowed the Niners to win those games. The Niners then returned the favor by allowing the Chiefs to beat them with the way they played in the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs are not the favorite. Not because they're not the best team, not because they don't have a great shot, but because they have a harder path that is factored in. It is why the Niners are the favorite. As far as the rest of the AFC, this guy's already thinking about next year. I mean, I think the the word I heard the most the other night in all of the celebrations was three-peat. And Joe, frankly, as long as Patrick Mahomes is around, I don't know who else is knocking on the door in the AFC other than Joe Burrow if he's healthy because I don't trust anybody else in the AFC to really step up and be as comfortable as this guy is in that level of game. Burrow has shown that he can do it. I mean, he's 3-1 and one against Mahomes. He's already done it on the road, in the playoffs. Obviously, nothing is going to face that guy. There's a reason they call him Joe Cool. But please give me somebody else in the AFC that I should remotely take seriously when we just saw the worst team that Patrick Mahomes has had win another championship. Is this really the worst team he's had? Or is this so. the Absolutely. worst? Is it the worst Absolutely. wide receiver unit he's had? Because it's without question the best defense he's ever had. It's the best pass defense he's ever had. It's the best defense he's ever had. There's Mm -hmm. nothing you can say that's going to change that. Every possible metric says this is the best defense he's ever had. It's been very good. It's been very, very good. It's the best defense he's ever had. I need you to get to that point because when you say he didn't have a great team around him, he didn't have a great wide receiver unit around him. Very important to note, Pacheco at running back has been a lot better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been the last couple years. The wide receiver unit was subpar. 
based on previous iterations of the Chiefs. But this version of the Chiefs is not the worst version of the Chiefs we've seen. It just wasn't the most explosive offensively. We have to make that clear because we really crap all over the job Spagnolo and that defense did every time we come out and say, well, there's, this is the worst Chiefs team that's ever won. There's no crapping over here. Okay, that's what it sounds like. Though. And in the middle of the season, I was sitting here and telling you that overall, there was a chance that that defense could actually be a bigger factor because of the lack of offense. But the offense had issues on the line, too. At times, it was not a great offensive line other than Humphrey. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, Joe Jamal- Tooney's an all pro. Tooney's very good. But I'm talking about the, the tackles with Taylor, Donovan Smith. I, th- those guys were not that great. Uh, Here's the point. I don't need to argue this part of it. It was the weakest overall group offensively. Just to make you happy, I'll say that. The weakest overall group offensively that they have had, and he's still got them home. So if I'm anybody else in the division or anybody else in the AFC, how am I supposed to feel good about that, knowing that this was the opportunity to knock him off and I couldn't do it? Well, who's Evander Holyfield would be my first question because everyone was shook of Mike Tyson right up until Evander Holyfield came along and showed everyone that the big bad boogeyman wasn't that elite. Tyson had a remarkable career knocking people out. He went into that first fight against Evander Holyfield. He was 45-1 and with 40 stoppages. 40 stoppages in a record of 45-1. and Now, people will say, well, Buster Douglas beat him. Was that Buster Douglas beating him, or was that Mike Tyson showing up unprepared and out of shape? Because that's exactly what happened in that fight. When Tyson was ready to go, he was viewed as the biggest, baddest, scariest dude on the planet. Right up until there was a guy named Evander Holyfield who said, I'll step to this guy. And he stepped to him, and he beat him. And well, there then is that every- guy. It's Burrow. It, it, Burrow's that guy. Burrow's that guy? Well, I mean, Burrow's that guy, but other than that, there's nobody else, really. I would say Josh Allen and the Bills have a chance, but I know exactly how you feel about that. The Bills have found ways to lose to the Chiefs on a repeated basis. The Bills are right there with them. Right there with them. One thing swings the other way, they can beat them. Kansas City, for as good as they are, they're not perfect. Kelsey's going to turn 35 years old next year. He's coming off a season where he had 984 receiving yards, his lowest total since 2015. He scored five touchdowns, was great in the playoffs, but the best days for Travis Kelsey certainly aren't in front of him. Legereus Sneed, Chris Jones, two of the best defenders on the team are unrestricted free agents. 10, count them, 10 one-score games during the regular season, more so than we've seen in the past with Kansas City. People are close. There are teams that can beat them. They should be the favorite because of everything they've earned. But I don't think they're the big bad boogeyman. I think someone can absolutely come along and get them. The Bengals, as you've said, have proven time and time again they can go toe-to-toe with them. They weren't there this year due to injuries. All right? I think Buffalo is more than capable of beating this team. The one I've seen that I completely rule out is Baltimore. That's the team that showed that they're not ready for any sort of primetime stage whatsoever. You give them a a layup against a a rookie like C.J. Stroud, they can win a game like that. They can't win any other big games. There will be more teams that emerge, but the idea that it's Kansas City versus the field or Kansas City versus the world or Kansas City this and that, I think there's plenty of competition that's right there. Someone just needs to not be scared, which is what the Niners were, which is what the Bills were late in that game. People get intimidated by this team like they got intimidated by Mike Tyson. Somebody will eventually be the Evander Holyfield who's not intimidated by these guys, and they'll beat them because they're ripe for the picking. San Francisco just crapped in their pants and couldn't handle the situation. See, I don't think that I would describe the Kansas City Chiefs as a Mike Tyson. 
I would describe them as the the team that you have to knock out when you get the opportunity because if you let them hang around they're going to take you out and the opportunity hasn't been there for anybody else or they haven't taken advantage of the opportunity for anybody else because those teams haven't been good enough and we saw that again the other day the team that has been able to do it is clearly the cincinnati bengals but my biggest issue there is when joe burrow is healthy last few years his rookie year this past year Health is a real concern with him moving forward. So, I listen, say what you want about the Bills. They have been there, they have had opportunities, and they still haven't been able to do it. So why would I? They're 3-0 and against him in the playoffs. So why would I buy into that? Uh, everybody else is everybody else until they show up and they're not scared. But, Joe, like I haven't seen it yet, and I don't feel like anybody – if I'm watching that game and I'm in the AFC the other night, I'm thinking, all right, we've got to figure out how to beat this guy because nobody has really figured it out so far other than one guy, and I don't know that the formula is an easy one to come up with. I, <laughs> I would look at the Baltimore game and say you had a team that came out and for some reason chose to play into Kansas City strength. I bet everybody on that Baltimore coaching staff watched the first drive of that game of, of the Super Bowl and thought to themselves, yep, this is what we should have done. We're a bunch of idiots. And it's not like Kansas City forced that field goal to go wide at the end of the game against Buffalo. They put themselves in positions to take advantage of others' mistakes, but there are teams that will eventually not make those mistakes. The Niners gave that game away yesterday. There were there two days ago. There's opportunity there. It just takes an Evander Holyfield to not be scared of the team late in the fourth quarter. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The 49ers are already the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. So why does one expert already think the Niners have their window slammed shut? Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
You defer? I don't know why he's trying to twist himself into a presser talking about the third possession. Bruh, put your defense on the field, let them go to work, and then you have an opportunity to respond. What happens is you give the other team another down. Right when they took it, I said, you're giving Mahomes four downs, and you have no shot. You know, I don't care how tired the defense is. Wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test. Saying that you want it third makes me feel like Kyle Shanahan panicked in that moment. That logic doesn't make sense. So is the opportunity getting away from the 49ers at this point, even though they have the quarterback still on a rookie contract? It's Carla versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. Joseph, take a listen to Chris Canty. I believe this was yesterday on Unsportsmanlike with his take on the 49ers and their opportunity that lies in front of them if there is, in fact, one still there. San Francisco 49ers window is closed. It's closed. All right? the way closed? It's closed. 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 The roster is getting older, more expensive, and there's no guarantee that they're going to be healthy moving forward. I mean, outside of Funga, the safety, they were healthy in that game yesterday. I can't help but think that this is the last time we're going to see this team contend for a championship. And this is not a slight toward Brock Purdy. This is just the realities of the NFL. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to get back to this same place next year. And that sucks for some of those mainstays, some of those core guys. I tell you what, you look at what the 49ers cap situation is right now. In terms of dead cap money, like I didn't know there were this many numbers that actually existed. (laughs) Because it is absolutely absurd. It looks like the infinity of pie. It never ends. That's basically what they're looking at right now. I understand completely where Canty is coming from. And for me, I feel like their window maybe still a crack open, but man, I got to see what this looks like in a couple of months after free agency, after the draft, after all of it, for me to be convinced the opportunity is still there. I think he's right. I think it's closed. I think it's closed because I'm projecting out by saying they're not winning next year. We can get into the details for why that is. But then after they don't win next year, you have to go another year down the line, and that's where you're going to have a lot of trouble. Right, Trent Williams is your best offensive lineman. He's 35 years old. Like his best days are going to start to fade. I know he's an All Pro, and I know he's still. But can you count on him for three more years, five more years, and also what's that cost? The rest of that offensive line is a mess. They need to address it. Christian McCaffrey was healthy all season long. That's normally not the case. Brock Purdy in two years is going to be coming off his next year. Will be coming off his third NFL season. He doesn't have the fifth-year option because he wasn't a first-round pick. You're going to eventually have to worry about that contract. Nick Bosa's contract. Fred Warner's contract. What are you doing with Dre Greenlaw? You already paid Debo, but what are you going to do this offseason with Brandon Ayuk? At some point, George Kittle's coming up again. They had their window. They've had their opportunity. They have had more than most teams could ever possibly dream of, and they blew it. That's what it comes down to. They blew it. You won't get a better path even if you're healthy next year. That's the problem. You had a Packer team that was young and green. You had well, Let's start with this. You had a weak NFC that allowed you to cruise to the one seed. The Eagles collapsed, so did the Cowboys. So you're sitting on a one seed right there with a division that's not challenging you at all for the crown. Mm. Then after you get the bye, you get a young Packer team that completely falls apart in the second half. You get a Lion team that completely falls apart in the second half. And then when the Chiefs are trying to hand it to you early in the game, 
you can't do anything with it, and you flush the opportunity down the toilet, and then you're unaware of the overtime rules, and you blow the game management late. We said this going into the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, if not now, when? It didn't happen. It's not going to happen, at least not for this current team in the next few years. I agree with Kenny. I think it's closed. So if that means it's closed for them, it's got to be open for some other teams. Now, I think logically we'd both turn and look at the Detroit Lions right away because they're obviously on the upswing here. So we would agree that for the Lions, the window's open right now. Fair? I would I would say yes. I would also ask you this. How where do you see them in the hierarchy? As of right now, do you see them as the top team? Do you feel they will be stronger next year than what we just saw? I actually think that they're they're not going to go and be a, a 15 and 2 team. Okay. I think they feel like this team. They feel like a 12 and 5 maybe a 13 and 4 team. Okay. They feel like a team, Joe, that is going to lose a couple of questionable games during the season, right? It doesn't feel like one, a group that's going to grow into a dominant group, an all-time team that we're never going to forget. If I'm putting them hierarchy together, like, first of all, how seriously am I supposed to take the Cowboys? They keep winning 12 games. They keep doing the same thing. I think you can just put them in the uh, New Orleans Saints pile. Exactly. The Eagles feel like they're starting to fall apart. And we'll talk more about this later. Little thing over the weekend, Hassan Reddick wants out. Only a guy that over the last two years has had, I don't know, close to 30 sacks. That's, That's good news. Yeah. That's good news for Philly fans. I think the pa- – I'm going to give you two teams. The Packers are right there. Okay. I don't think the Rams are that far off. Okay. And, and when I look at the Rams right now, I mean, they had a season we didn't expect. They're exceptionally young. You were talking about Kobe Turner and the difference he's made, and you add that was still Aaron Donald still got plenty left, I think. So I would still put them in the discussion here. Who else are we talking about in the NFC? I would throw this out knowing it's probably going to get some laughs at first, but I don't think you can discount. I do think you should bet Atlanta 50-1. to only because that quarterback situation is not going to be what it currently is. Right. I don't know if it's Cousins. I don't know if it's Fields. It might be neither. But somehow, some way, I think last year's quarterback situation is going to be last year's situation. What you're going to have this year is going to be different, and whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to be better, mostly because it can't be a lot worse. And as a result of that and an improvement in the head coaching department and a soft division, I think that's a team that could start off right around 500 over the first month plus of the season, get better as the year goes on, and then take advantage of some opportunities late. I I would look to Atlanta, not saying that they're a you know, top-tier Super Bowl team, but I would say do not overlook them. I think you nailed it with the Rams. Their salary cap situation is starting to clean up. They're getting draft picks again. They're going to be back in it. Packers were the youngest team in the NFL last year. we got to respect them. Do you think Minnesota's worthy of a discussion? I mean, we're talking about the whole damn NFC North at this point. The, the, Minus the Bears, of course. What, what really changes with Minnesota? I mean, it, it feels like the same thing over and over again. We know how good they can be offensively, but there, there's nothing there for Minnesota that really feels trustworthy. Nothing. So the good news for the Niners is that it would appear as if it's not going to be a particularly deep NFC, at least through this first sports talk radio uh, iteration of the breakdown. Am I missing somebody? Who am I missing that might make the jump? I don't think the commanders are making the jump. Seattle, Arizona weren't mentioned. I don't think anyone's getting too excited there. No. No, absolutely Saints, not. Saints, Buccaneers, Panthers, I, I, Giants, I, Commanders. I, I 
the Buccaneers are, do I think they're going from 9 to 12? I can't say that right now. Even with Baker back, and maybe he salvaged his career, I have zero faith in what's going on in New Orleans. I think that's headed the no, other they're, way. They're, they're punting. They, they yeah. will be the team to watch next offseason. Next offseason, when they clear up their salary cap issues and they get rid of some of those contracts and they hire a new coach, that's when you want to look at New Orleans. That will be the buy point. Uh, here's my point. You can look around. Usually we have a clue. Like last year we had a clue that the Lions were going to take a big step forward. This year? Please tell me the team. I, I, I'm having trouble finding It's it probably right the Packers because even yeah. though we saw them in the playoffs look good, the regular season, remember, they got in late in the year. They could be a team that wins 11 or 12 games and coasts into the playoffs. It comes Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bumble, bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. If the 49ers window is closed, how much longer does Kyle Shanahan have in San Francisco? It's an interesting question. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com you defer i don't know why he's trying to twist himself into a pretzel talking about the third possession bruh put your defense on the field let them go to work and then you have the opportunity to respond what happens is you give the other team another down right when they took it i said you're giving mahomes four downs and you have no shot you know i don't care how tired the defense is wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test saying that you want it third makes me feel like kyle shanahan panicked in that moment that logic doesn't make sense Not often that you can get the player and the coach reaction to it in one person, but we can do that right now. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. We love visiting with this guy each and every week. He is Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Jeff, we appreciate it, brother. Let's start right here. What did you make of the decision the other night by Kyle Shanahan, uh, what he did with overtime, and and tell me how a player views it and how a coach views it. Uh, so I will say this: when it first happened, I kind of questioned it, and I was like, "Man, I wonder why they're doing it this way." And so I actually reached out to a couple folks 
that are in that business, you know, the analytical business, and ask them. And honestly, and then and then uh, Dan Graziano was on with us this morning on Get Up, and he did the same thing, kind of pulled a bunch of different people, and and a lot of people did what Shan- or said they were going to do what Shanahan did, and and so I was like, all right, well maybe you know maybe, but the, but what I didn't like was that once you did that. The, the way you got when you got to the nine yard line and it's and it's it's you know the the second and four and third and four and that kind of stuff that you didn't try to score a touchdown. I would have thought if you're going to do that, then you got to go put six up on the board, and you know you you, you got to go put some some significant pressure uh, on this offense. And so uh, and even if you don't get it, they still got to get a field goal, but they got to drive the ball from being backed up. I, I thought that that the two the decision. And the way he ran the offense didn't necessarily coincide, but I didn't feel like it was nearly egregious as as a lot of people are making it. All right, so let's go a little bit further on this. There's a bit of a narrative right. now around Shanahan that you know can't win the big one. We saw him as the OC, twenty eight to three. He gets a lot of the blame for that, where there should be plenty to go around. But you have that. You have the game against the Chiefs four years ago. They lead 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and then they're throwing the ball all over the field. They blow that one, and then this happens. When you hear Chris Jones come out and talk after the game about how they were prepped on overtime, they knew the rules, they knew the strategy, and then you hear Niners players saying they weren't prepped, they didn't know the strategy, do you think this stuff could start to build up in the locker room and create a bit of a problem for Shanahan in terms of maybe losing the confidence of his guys? No, no. I mean, listen, when, when you're talking about uh, everybody on that offense knew they were going down there to try to score a touchdown and, and unfortunately they didn't. So they, you know, they kicked the field goal and let's not be like oversimplistic about this, that the offense had only had only, I mean, the defense had only given up 19 points. I mean, you know, like they had played a pretty good game against this chief's offense. So you're, you're, you're like, hey, we're going to try to hold them, you know, Steve. And I get everybody's like, well, that last drive, they drove it down the field. And that's true. But, but again, if, if you're the coach and, and you have this defense where you think, hey, we've done a pretty good job keeping the lid on, uh, let's make them go earn it. I, 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 again, I, I don't think that goes to just discrediting a guy who has taken really two completely different teams in the 49ers to the Super Bowl um, in two totally different ways. And then, again, with, with the Falcons – um, I, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't foresee that becoming a big issue. Is it disappointing? No doubt. But the defense knew they had to get a stop. They didn't get the stop. The offense knew, and and, and so to me, it's about execution. Um, and again, Shanahan didn't control McCaffrey fumbling the ball in the red zone. He didn't control the punt going off the guy's foot. He didn't control, you know, Moody getting the the extra point block, which would have totally changed the dynamic. Like all of those things, of of course, is there is there blame to go to to be assigned to a head coach absolutely I'm not trying to absolve anybody but there was a lot of other things that I thought were more consequential than just that one decision Jeff Saturday ESPN NFL analyst with us it's Carla versus Joe ESPN radio and of course on the ESPN app uh, Jeff we've had Canty say the last couple of days he believes that the 49ers window is closed when you look at their cap situation all of that do you buy it? No, I mean, listen. You you have you have a you have a quarterback that's that is that you could you can still get probably on a pretty decent deal to get some kind of security in this thing that you know he can go play. He took you to a championship game and now a Super Bowl, so you feel pretty confident. 
you have some guys you got to take care of this year, whether it's Ayuk and understanding uh, what what role that plays. Uh, but but man, Shanahan, I, I just don't believe in windows like that, especially not with young quarterbacks. If if Brock Purdy continues to progress and and become and stay a top five to seven ish quarterback in the NFL, your window is definitely not closed. It's it's you know if you think all of a sudden Purdy's going to fall off. He's not going to be the guy. Okay, so now we got to go find another quarterback because the because the you know the third pick in the draft is now in in Dallas Cowboy land. Like that would be one, but I think they have fortunately found a quarterback they can build on. Anytime you have a young quarterback in the NFL, man, your your window is not closing. Do you still see them as the team to beat in the NFC? And if so, who would be the closest to knocking them off heading into next year? I do, and I, I, I do see that, and I, and I think the team is Detroit that I would say would be the team that I would see could be, could could knock them off. I, I think when you look at how good Detroit's offensive line is, they have some very good young, productive players um, in in their backfield, offensive backfield. They're going to have to add a rusher uh, opposite Hutchinson, and they get better in the in, on the on the back end of their defense. But man, they're you know they're they're a tough physical team. You know they love Campbell. They have they got a ton of momentum going their way. Those would be the two teams in the NFC for me that you you know you, you keep your eye on in a big way. Jeff Saturday with us. Okay, so just to to sum this up, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think the headline here is Saturday to Canty Baggett loser. That's what I took out of it. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, yeah. Probably probably put it a little, put a little more you know put a little more strength behind that statement. Put your chest behind it. Let's get that going. <laughs> Saturday to Canty just quit already. Got it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And just, uh, and just drop the mic. Once you put that, just drop the mic. Jeff, last one before we let you go. If I'm in the AFC the other night and I look at this guy that just cannot be killed off, I'm wondering how are we going to finally find a way to knock off Patrick Mahomes? Who can challenge Patrick Mahomes right now in the AFC? Oh man, I t- I'm, I'm with you. This like these were the two years that you would have thought they got the youngest defense in the league, and and you know they find a way to win it both years. I, I'm their their offense was 15th in the league this season, and they still win the championship. I'm with you. It's like I don't know, man. I I, I can tell you this. I don't have a whole lot of. I don't have. A, I'm not saying that you know both you know publicly, but you ain't got a whole lot of hope, dude. You got to hope they have a bad day. Uh, and I just haven't seen many bad Patrick Mahomes days so far. So um, I think the Chris Jones signing is going to be monumental. Like they need to get that done. He is on that side of the ball in the defense. Like he is the Patrick Mahomes. He, he made three plays in the Super Bowl that totally changed it. He, the Buffalo game, he did, and in every in every major game, he makes those plays. Uh, and I think they need to redo Snead as well. They get those two guys with Spags going. I, I mean, that's. Bro, it, again, like this was this was as ugly as it got, and Mahomes' worst year yet, and they still find a way. Oh my God! Like you just shake your head, going, "Man, it's just brutal." Okay, so Saturday to rest of AFC, bag it, losers. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Put that on him too. That's right. Hey, Canty, don't tell Canty. As long as he's not here, that's a big man. I don't want to. Yeah, it's a big man. man. <laughs> but, but after I leave here, you know what I mean. <laughs> awesome stuff, Jeff. Appreciate it, brother. We'll talk soon. Appreciate y'all. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, has one franchise finally learned from their biggest rivalry or from their biggest rival, excuse me, 
Well, we'll find out in just moments. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on TuneIn. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. So if Justin Fields sticks around and the Bears trade back, give me a percentage chance that Matt Eberflus is the head coach next year. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. Like, what do you think I, of the Bears and how they handle their business? Exactly. Uh, yep, yep. I know exactly what you mean. And you're right. Boy, that's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> When how you handle your business can be described in, let's just call it an unpleasant bodily noise. Pre-vomit. It's, yes. the, pre, it's the sound that, that pre, is pre-vomit, pre-vomit yeah. makes. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. There's pre-fired, there's pre-vomit. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Eberflus Look out, is Kevin pre-fired <laughs> because the job that the Bears have done is pre-vomit. <laughs> I think our work for this segment is done. Good night, everybody. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This this can't actually be real, can it? There is the idea that is starting to be floated out there more and more that maybe, just maybe, the Bears would keep Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. Here is Adam Schefter on Super Bowl Sunday NFL Countdown. They have talked about the idea as unlikely as it seems, of carrying Two. both quarterbacks, yeah. taking the guy at one yeah. and keeping fields. Now, will they get to that? It's hard to imagine that, but that is a conversation yeah. that's come up. Now, keep in mind, beyond that, Rex Ryan and some of the others on the panel said, oh, you know, smokescreen, smokescreen, and Schefter directly said, and I quote, it's not a smokescreen. They've talked about it. I'm not telling you they're doing it. But they've talked about it. That's not smokescreen. That's fact. There's one thing that's pretty important to note here. Adam Schefter does not just throw it out there to see what sticks on the wall. (laughs) Schefter's not known as a guy who shoots from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Little birdie told me this. I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. Is it that crazy? Is it that crazy? The the first thought, go ahead. But is it that crazy? It is. I don't want to put everybody behind the eight ball. And that's what it feels like I'm doing. I get it. And you may even come out and say at the beginning, Caleb is sitting this year. Justin Fields is playing quarterback for us this year. It's great that you could say that. But you know, you know how this goes. The second Justin Fields has a bad game, everybody's screaming for the rookie quarterback. And it's an awful situation for the head coach 
It's an awful situation for Justin Fields, and it's an awful situation for Caleb Williams. All of it. Nobody wins. Nobody wins there, Joe. The coaching point that you make is probably the best point because you need people in leadership positions in order to execute something like this. You need the people that are in the leadership positions to have the confidence of the fan base, to have the confidence of management, to have the confidence that, look, it's going to have to be dark before it becomes light. And and we're going to get there, but here's the plan. And I think people are already a little iffy mm. on Eberflus, but – it makes some sense. I'm not saying I'd advocate for it, but in that division, they are the team in the entire NFL that has never developed a quarterback. They've got nothing but a resume of failures at the quarterback position. They've never done well. They've never had a 4,000-yard passer. They've never had a 30-TD passer. They are known as a place where quarterback careers go to die. I, Meanwhile, I, just up north... You got a Packer franchise, the most hated rival, that just pumps out Hall of Famers and now has a pretty good one in Jordan Love, it looks like. All those guys sat. The idea that we're just going to borrow from Green Bay, draft Caleb Williams, sit him behind Fields, turn Fields into a bulletproof shield. We're going to throw you out there. You can take all the hits you want. We don't care. You can lose games. We don't care. We are going to spend the year building up the defense, building up the O-line, getting this team ready, teaching Caleb Williams to be a pro, and then Fields, thank you for your service. You're free to go. Maybe we put the fifth-year option on you and we try to trade you, whatever, but it will be Caleb's team one year down the road. And you tell everyone that before the year starts. The big problem occurs if Fields gets hurt. Well, yes, that the big problem occurs there, but the big problem also occurs in a couple of other spots. If I'm going to do that, first of all, I, I think it's a bad situation, and I wouldn't blame Caleb Williams if by the time the draft rolls around, he says to the Bears, we're good here. I'm, I'm not playing for you. I wouldn't blame him, not in the least, because if it's very clear at that point that that is their plan, do I really want to go through that? I don't think that's good for anybody. I don't think that's good for my development. Secondly, I don't think the Bears are a great situation for Caleb Williams when I know this guy's getting fired next year. I mean, it, we know this, Joe. Like, how many times do we have to go through this and see how it just wrecks people's careers, and now you want to throw at me that we're going to keep the other guy too? So what you're doing is taking kerosene and throwing it on the fire already. And then it, it's a, just a bad situation for Fields. Why do I want to hang around and play for a team I'm not, I know I'm not going to be playing for that has royally screwed up my career already so far, like all of it, all the way around. Like Eberflus would just be sitting there in his office. And they'll walk in like, here's a giant bag of garbage, by the way, for you to carry around and do your job with for this entire season. That's what you have to flip that thesis around. I think the Bears could be okay. If you look at what the defense did over the second half of the season, they got much better. They brought in Montez Sweat. They paid him. That team is solving their problems. 
They have made so much noise in so many different departments that have distracted people from the fact that they're actually putting together a solid roster. Nobody knows that because we're too focused on fields, his future, what they're doing with the coach. Too much noise. Too many distractions. Same thing in Philadelphia with the Sixers, right? All the noise around Harden, no one realized Maxi was actually a hell of a player. Too many yeah. people were focused on Harden. You get Harden out of the way, hey, Turns out Tyrese Maxey's pretty rock solid. This Bears team had a pretty good close to the season. They have another spin through free agency where they've got money. They've got more draft picks. They could go ahead if they wanted to and send Fields out there as the bulletproof shield. Fields doesn't like it? Too bad. You're still playing for a second contract. He's going to go out there and do everything he can because if Chicago's going to move on from him after a year, someone still is going to want to pay him. He's got to put good tape out there. Williams develops for a year. He learns the rigors of being a pro. He doesn't take shots behind that O-line. Gets another offseason for the Bears to go out there and bulk that up, possibly get him another weapon in, in the wide receiver department, all that. And by the time he takes over, he's got a year of being a pro under his belt. He's got nowhere on his tires. The roster's much better, and Fields is gone. Okay, it's not that it, bad of a situation when you consider the Lions and the Packers are going to be really good next year. Okay, but when the Packers did it, Aaron Rodgers wasn't going anywhere for at least a year or two, and we knew that Correct. Jordan Love. We don't know that here. So if by your thought process here, the Bears are actually not terrible, let's say they go from 7-10 and 10 to 10-7, and 7, and Fields plays really well, and they make the playoffs, where are you going from there? You're, you're moving on from Fields. It's fantastic. You can trade him. You're going to put the fifth-year option on him. How do you do him? that when the guy just played great for you? He's been there for four years, and, and now you're just going to say to your fans, well, take the next step. Uh, we're not going to develop the guy that – or continue to ride the guy we've developed. You, you, you didn't say he won the Super Bowl. You just said he got to the playoffs. Plenty of guys. Baker Mayfield went to the playoffs last year. No big yeah. deal. He got better, and it actually took time for him to get there. Maybe it's about time as opposed to everything else in this. I'll tell you, it's it's a disaster. Right this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.